Welcome to Talking Property. Today I'm joined by Australia's best property analyst, Louis Christopher, as we preview the 2022 Sydney property market. Louis, thanks for being with us today. Nice to be with you once again, Peter. Uh, Louis, in 2022, are properties going to rise or fall in Sydney? In Sydney, we think initially there may well be some rises, but I think the second half of the year, it's very likely we'll see some falls. I say that uh, forecasting is a bit of a mugs game, Louis, because there's so many dynamic factors that go into it that how can a forecaster expect be expected to anticipate everything? We look at the new variant uh, that emerged in late 2021, for example, that tipped everything on its head again. What elements do you see in your forecasts and your scenarios that we should be watching next year? Well, you're right, forecasting can be a mugs game. And, and fortunately, SQM research is more than just our forecasting. We yes. have our data and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, but yeah, look, I enjoy uh, having a go at, at trying to put a, a forecast out there. And, and fortunately, in the past, we have occasionally got it right, which is good. I guess that's the reason why you're speaking with me now. Obviously, there are X factors that come along, which no one can predict. COVID, of course, is one classic example. The ultimate expectation. Uh, where no one, no one predicted it would hit in 2020. Mind you, there were some warnings from the medical fraternity that we were overdue for a pandemic. And sure enough, it came along. So all we can do is come up with what ifs. And you break it down into four scenarios, your, your 2022 forecast. That's right. And, and we might bring that slide up because that'll help our viewers understand what you're seeing as the key factors are, if that's all right. And look, I think it's worthwhile for uh, our audience to understand what we actually do to get to four scenarios as we start off with 20 scenarios that we think of that potentially could happen. So, for example, war with China, hyperinflation, deflation, various scenarios, and then we rule them out in terms of the, the plausibility as we see it. I'm glad they've been ruled out. That said, last year we had war with China as being a, a fifth possibility uh, because it was heating up and we we're very concerned about the new US administration, how weak it was and whether China could actually take advantage of that. This time around, that scenario has fallen down in the rankings because we've got the Winter Olympics coming and we don't see the CCP declaring war during an Olympic period. Good. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so. This year, we've come up with four scenarios and they're, they're broadly surrounding what happens with inflation and what happens with interest rates and what happens with our financial regulator, APRA. And APRA stepped in in late 2021 and had a bit of an impact, didn't they? Yes, it appears they have had an impact. Uh, we're still monitoring the end of 2021 uh, to see whether the market has effectively topped and whether it's topped because of that initial uh, action taken by APRA. Our view, our base case scenario is, is that APRA will need to step in the market again uh, for 2022. And that's scenario one there. So you're, you're predicting that Sydney, for example, uh, will be negative two plus four yes. percent uh, for, for, the, for the calendar year 2022. Yes. And look, uh, I, I note some reporters I've spoken with are a little bit confused about what we mean by that. Uh, because, you know, on, on one end of the range, we're forecasting downward prices and the other end of the range, we're, we're still reporting, uh, we're forecasting a rise in prices, right? What we're really forecasting here is a situation where prices rise, say, for the first quarter or the second quarter of 2022 and then start to fall in the second half of the year. And then the net result is this range. OK, so the December 31, 2022 marking of the market, if you like. Absolutely. So in your uh, scenario one there, your base case, you've got inflation running at 3 to 
We saw in late 2021 that inflation in America was running at an annualised rate of 6%, so it was away. The genie was out of the bottle. Yes. Um, and that's, that, that is your scenario two, which would then in turn force the RBA to act if, uh, if inflation jumped past 5%? Yeah, so if inflation starts to get up towards 6%, we think the Reserve Bank of Australia will be forced to respond. Uh, and so our scenario two is that the Reserve Bank of Australia lifts rates in the second half of the year, which would mean uh, when we get towards the end of the year that prices are falling at a greater rate than our base case scenario. So just to recall, yeah. our base case is APRA steps in, but the RBA stays on hold as per what they have been saying of late. At what point do we see mortgage stress in the market that uh, uh, people who would prefer not to sell their home are actually forced into selling their home due to financial distress? Mm. Where, is, is, there a, is there a line there we should be looking for? Yeah, good question. For the here and now, we're not seeing much mortgage stress at all. We're not seeing a rise in defaults. Uh, we're not seeing a rise in arrears. Our uh, distress listings index has still been falling. So for here and now, we're not seeing much, much evidence of, of a problem there. Of course, the question will be that if we do see a rise, particularly for the variable rate, where a lot of borrowers are currently on, do we see mortgage stress at that point? And we could well. Have the banks misbehaved during this boom that we've experienced in the last 18 months and lent too freely and too loosely to people who will fall into mortgage distress when rates inevitably rise? I don't think they've, they've lent too loosely. I, I, the, the, reserve, the, the various banks have got a number of tests already to stress test borrowers to assume that perhaps interest rates go up to say 6%. Could a borrower actually afford that scenario? I only see a situation where a lot of borrowers get into stress where if we were to see unemployment rise significantly or interest rates do rise significantly, creating lots of unemployment and stress at that point. Is there a scenario where global interest rates continue to rise? So the Bank of England have uh, raised their rates. The Royal Bank of New Zealand, Reserve Bank of New Zealand, sorry, have um, have, have moved twice. I think is that right? Yes. Uh, the Fed um, in America are talking about rate rises in 2022, and they've, you know, they're what they call tapering, which is not printing as much money. Yes. Uh, can Australia continue to have this easy money policy while the rest of the world tightens? Is that is that plausible? It's plausible if we all go back into lockdown or have significant COVID restrictions, closures of international borders, closures of state borders affecting, affecting the economy. In that scenario, I, I believe that central bankers around the world will turn a bit of a blind eye to rising inflation because their focus will be trying to keep everybody employed through yet another difficult time. Uh, if we do get that, though, we're kind of kicking the can down the road inflation will still rise and then in 2023 we'll have a significant issue on our hand and I think in that type of scenario then the central banks will wait okay we need to really address inflation and we say so we need to aggressively lift interest rates so that could play out now if we don't get these lockdowns so we stay out of lockdown uh, and 2022 is a relatively good year on that front I think central banks around the world will start addressing the issues surrounding higher inflation. So central banks are looking for society to normalise so they, their policy can go back to historical norms.
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Louis, let's go back to the Sydney property market and uh, on the ground. Um, houses have comfortably outperformed apartments over the last three to four years. During that boom of 2013 to 2016, uh, apartments did rise in unison with houses to a fair degree in Sydney. Yes. That's when we kept hearing about dwelling under supply in Sydney. Yes. That's clearly not the case anymore with towers in every suburb. Yes. Um, new apartment towers, that is. So um, what can we expect going forward in terms of performance between houses and apartments? Well, 2022, our view is that most of the price corrections we get, and remember we're saying towards the second half of the year, will happen with freestanding houses in our view. For the unit market, we think it'll be a better year, particularly in the, on the rental front and particularly for the inner city areas. Our assumption though behind this is that the international border stays open and we get a lift through net overseas migration flows, particularly for say international students. Now, if we don't get that, the unit market could have yet another hard year. Yeah, it seems that the federal government and the New South Wales state government anyway are really determined to get those international students through to get the income that they generate, the uh, uh, the labour shortages that they uh, help uh, alleviate. Yes. Um, they will uh, absorb dwelling oversupply. If we can bring up this slide here, this really does show the pain that the apartment sector has felt in comparison to house prices during COVID, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. It clearly shows that houses have taken off. Units have done nothing and indeed in a number of inner city locations have fallen. Uh, so yeah, it, it has not been a great time to be a, a unit owner. And then on top of that, all the negative news surrounding structural quality issues on new builds. Indeed. So, uh, again, don't want to put words in your mouth, but because the apartments have underperformed by such a large degree and they are set for a surge of demand if and when the borders reopen, both in terms of rental demand and no doubt some people will move to Sydney and buy apartments, you're, you're feeling pretty good about apartments or much better about apartments for, for 2022? I believe so. But once again, this assumes yeah. we see net overseas migration flows yes. uh, yeah. uh, pick up. Uh, there is a major affordability gap now between houses versus units uh, in Sydney. The gap between the two um, uh, property types is as wide as I've ever seen it. So units are due for a catch-up. They need a catalyst, of course. Uh, so hence the reason why I keep talking about net overseas migration. If we get it, I'm, I'm quite confident we'll see um, a better year for uh apartment owners. And with that differential between house prices and apartment prices, you are now seeing in your data that families who might otherwise have preferred or wanted to buy a house are being pushed into townhouses and apartments. Is that is that a fair call? At this point in time, they're not being pushed right now into it. They prefer not to buy. Staying on the sidelines. They prefer to stay on the sidelines, but I think they will buy once, especially once we... we get over the fear of COVID, which is still somewhat prevalent out there in the community. I think once the fear has passed, people will look at smaller properties once again because they're more affordable. The reason, the primary reason why we're seeing houses just take off during COVID, and it's not just been in Sydney, it's been everywhere. You mean globally everywhere? Globally, everywhere. Yeah. That's right. It's not just Australia. It's internationally for developed world countries where house prices have taken off. It's because everyone's been seeking uh, larger accommodation. 
uh, and seeking places where they can get away from lots of other people and seeking places where they've got room to work from home. Louis, in 2022, there's likely to, there will be a federal election, I should say. Yes. Um, it's not as property focused as what the last one was. Yes. Um, but federal elections do cause people to sit back and watch events. What are you seeing from a federal election, which looks like it's at this stage, it's likely to be in March or May? Well, as you rightly point out, property is not as much of an issue uh, for this cycle. And hence the reason why we haven't made any uh, variables or forecasts surrounding the election this time around. It's, it's, it's a non-issue for this election cycle. So I'm not anticipating any change. If we were to see a change of government, I wouldn't expect to see a sudden change in the housing market. Uh, in terms of best performers during 2022 in Sydney, what uh, regions or suburbs or uh, market niches are you seeing uh, that will perform best? Our number one uh, chief uh, boom market that we think is going to continue on in 2022 is the Brisbane housing market. So our forecast there is that house prices or overall dwelling prices will, will rise between 8 to 14% with houses once again doing better than units in Brisbane. Also on top of that, given the strong rises in Sydney and Melbourne house prices, there is an affordability benefit through moving to Queensland. It's, it's a big gain at this point in time, despite the rises in Brisbane house prices as well in the last two years. So I think people may well move for a multitude of reasons, hence the reason why we're a bit more positive on the Brisbane housing market over and above other capital cities for 2022. Louis, perish the thought. We do go through another lockdown in 2022 in Sydney. Can we expect the market to continue, the property market to continue powering through that issue, or is at some stage uh, continual locking people down, um, you know, impacting on their employment, uh, income, etc.? Is that going to have a, an impact on on the property market? Overall, we believe that we were to see a, another lockdown in 2022. It kind of depends when it happens. Uh, if we were to see it before APRA intervenes again or the Reserve Bank of Australia lifts rates, I think it would force the RBA and APRA to, to stay on hold effectively, which would be stimulatory for the housing market. So in some respects, you would think, OK, another lockdown would be negative for the economy. Generally, it is. But we can expect, once again, a, a stimulatory response from the powers that be to hold the economy up. Um, and that would mean, therefore, house prices would likely do a little bit better than what we expect at this point. And just finally, Louis, uh, in 2021, we saw two interesting trends, and that was listings on market were falling because properties were selling so quickly. Yes. But overall transactions were rising because vendors were getting the prices that they wanted, if not more. Yes. Uh, what do you see for transaction volumes and listing numbers in 2022 in comparison to 2021? Well, if we are correct about a market slowdown, we'll definitely see sales transactions slow right down as well. That's generally what you see with a slowdown. You see lower turnover of properties. Vendors become uh, less um, competent about listing their property, so they hold off a bit more unless they're forced to sell. But I don't think we'll have one of those type of downturns. So, yes, overall, I think for a, a slowdown year, sales transactions will fall. It'll be a more measured, consolidated market. 
Yes, it will. It yeah. will. Now, in all this, we're not predicting like a real hard landing. And I think having APRA step into the market, they're doing it in part to avoid a hard landing. They're trying to aim for a soft landing. And we think the chances are reasonably good that we will see a soft landing uh, for 2022. Will these rising rents, if international borders reopen, will they entice investors back into the market to the detriment of first home buyers? Investors have increasingly been entering into the market, particularly in the second half of 2021. First home buyers for the later half of 2021 have been nowhere to be seen. Uh, now, let's remember, of course, we had the Home Builder Scheme, which encouraged a lot of first home buyers to come into the market in later 2020 and in the first half of 2021. We effectively brought first home buyer demand forward a year or two. So the normal demand we get from first home buyers for any year, for example, for 2022, was brought forward into earlier 2021. So we really do expect that there'll be a lull in first home buyers for most of 2022. So for the functioning of the market, we're really looking for investors to step back in to cover off the, the disappearance of first home buyers, if you like. They have been stepping in, but yeah. a note of warning here, investors tend to be the last demographic that enters into a property upcycle. Uh, and so let's just remind ourselves that investors can be a fickle bunch. When the market is rising, they love to jump in. And when the moment the market looks like it's topping or it's falling, they want to get out. That's a danger with investors where the market's reliant on investors to drive it. That's a discretionary purchase and you invest to make money. So if they don't feel that there's any there, they're not coming in, right? Spot on. Yeah. Louis, excellent information today. Thanks very much. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today on Talking Property. We look forward to seeing you next time.